In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Baba, and the Gospel of today is a very short passage from Matthew chapter 12. And the Gospel of today is about the healing of a blind, a mute, and a demon-possessed man. And in response to this awesome miracle that the Lord Jesus Christ, He did, it says that the multitudes were all amazed... And they said, could this be the son of David? Now, the Pharisees, they did not want to admit that this miracle was the result of God's power. So they accused the Lord of casting out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of of the demons. And to this the Lord replied, if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And then at the end, the Lord said something so beautiful. He said something very beautiful. He said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And today I'd like to meditate with you on this part of the verse. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And the reason I want to meditate on this verse is because this verse, I think summarizes the whole gospel. If you think about the whole gospel message, if you look at the beginning, like at the very beginning of the gospel, when St. John was sent to preach, what did St. John go out to say? He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then, early in the gospel, the very beginning of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says, when Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at the kingdom of God is at hand to repent and believe in the gospel and when the Lord sent out the disciples and the apostles to go and preach he said one message that you should say the one message you should say is the kingdom of God has come near to you the kingdom of God has come near to you I could give you many more examples, but I think you get the point, is that the whole theme of the gospel is that the kingdom of God has come near to you, has come upon you, is close to you. So today I'd like to break this verse down and speak about maybe three implications of this verse. The first part of this verse refers to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The second part refers to the location of the kingdom and where it is. The first part refers to the kingdom. The kingdom is a place that is ruled by a king. You know, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia means there is a king who rules over Saudi Arabia. There is no kingdom without a king and there is no king without a kingdom. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our true king. Remember when Pilate asked the Lord if he was a king? And the Lord gave him the good confession, the one that we mentioned in the literary, the good confession before Pontius Pilate. The Lord said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. And then Pilate said, are you a king? Are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I have come into the world. So Jesus Christ is the king. But as I mentioned earlier, every king requires territory. 
Every kingdom or every king requires a kingdom. Where is the kingdom? It is, is, it, is it just in heaven? The kingdom of God just in heaven? Or, and do we have to wait from this world? And like, do we have to wait to depart from this world to go to the kingdom of heaven? No. The Lord in Luke 17, He says, The kingdom of God is within, within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So the territory of the Lord is not an area on the map. It's not a nation on the map. God's kingdom is not tied to Jerusalem as some folk believe. It is not tied to Mecca or Medina as some other folk believe. It is not on on a map. The Lord's kingdom is in the heart of man. And this is why the Lord has said that the kingdom has come near to you. The, The kingdom has come near to you. It has come so close to you. It's come upon you. But now I'd like to dig a little deeper into this expression and give you three implications of this, that the kingdom has come near to you. What does this mean for us as Christians? Number one, in order for a kingdom to claim new land, the king must go to war. The king has to go to war to claim new land. No one, like, there's always an owner of the land, and the king, in order to claim new land, he has to go to war. The king must be on the offensive. He must take action. So when the Lord Jesus Christ said, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you, this means that the king has now conquered his enemies. He has conquered his enemies, and he has claimed this heart. This heart now belongs to the Lord. And that's why... When the Lord said, surely the kingdom has come upon you in the gospel of today, he was referring to the miracle that he just performed, in which he healed a demon-possessed, a blind, and a mute person. And we know that this man, the church fathers say, he is a symbol of the Gentiles. He's a symbol of all of those people who are living under a different king. Living under a different king, the king of this world, the devil. And this man, he could not see, he could not see the works of God in his life. Where are the works of God in my life? He could not see, he could not talk about the works of God. He could not praise God. He was mute. He was under the control of the evil one. And perhaps maybe we are like this man. We do not see God in our daily life. We do not have maybe an active prayer life. We do not do the will of the king. But the good news for us is that the Lord came to this man and waged war against this man and claimed this heart to belong to the Lord. said, the kingdom of God has come upon you. There is victory over the evil one. Sometimes we feel like maybe we feel, oh, we'll never be able to conquer our sins. Oh, this sin is too much, or this sin is too great, or this sin is too difficult. Or maybe we might say that we cannot change. We cannot change. This is the way I am. This is, this is who, this, that's a big thing these days. This is just who I am, and sin is just part of me. No, it's not part of you. Or maybe we say we can never be like the saints that are are on the iconostasis here and the saints of our church. We can never be like Saint Pantelimon that we just heard about. And we say, oh, that's just start stories from the the old ancient folk. Because now we live in a new age. And 
No, 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 no. The Lord came to claim new hearts and took over. He came to clean up shop. In the next verse in the Gospel of Matthew 12, which we, which was not in the Gospel of today, but it's the right after the, the passage that we read. It says, or how can we enter a strong man's house? How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He will plunder his house. The strong man we know from maybe, we know it's the, the devil. The strong man is the devil. And there is one who came in that bound the strong man. That bound the strong man and plundered his goods. He came back to take what was rightfully his. And that is what it means. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. It means the Lord is on the offensive. In our lit club this week, we read, we're reading a book. It's called Taught by God. Uh, making sense of the difficult sayings of, of Jesus. And this past week we read the meaning of the verse. Now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. He gave two meanings in the book. One meaning that, that we'll discuss today. And I won't discuss the other one. You can go read the book. But the, the, one of the meaning. He said that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Is actually that, who's the violent one? Actually God. God is the violent one. God is the violent one. God is the one, like a paraphrase of the original Greek expression of that verse, says, the kingdom of God is violently attacking the kingdom of Satan. Is violently attacking the kingdom of Satan. I love this image. That the, the Lord is the true king and he has come in the flesh to take back his kingdom, the, the heart of man. So he is a violently attacking the kingdom of Satan. And this is the battle that is raging on in the heart of every man. That's the battle that's raging on in the heart of every man. And sometimes due to our weakness, maybe we allow the evil one, the strong man to bind us. As you think if the, the one who comes into the house and he was oh, it was violent he took it back took it back took back the heart to him as as saint paul says in his epistles to romans but thanks be to god for though at one time you were slaves of sin one time you were slaves of sin you were bound by the strong man and you were slaves of sin you have obeyed with your heart the hearts of truth found the teaching in you you received you were set free from sin and you became slaves of righteousness so the expression surely the kingdom of heaven has come upon you means no longer we will be slaves of sin no longer will we live under the reign of the evil king no longer will we be mute and blind and, and demon possessed to the works of God we have a God who came violently and, and untied and unbound the strong man the devil and made us free because I know this term God being violent and stuff like doesn't sit well um, so and I'll give you a story from the paradise of desert fathers which really shows the violence of God you want to see the violence of God it says that an old man 
they they brought a demon possessed woman to one of the like a demon possessed woman who was a son of someone very big and powerful political figure and they brought him to the desert to be for the the holy man to exercise the demon and when the the, the demon possessed woman came to meet the holy person the holy monk the demon possessed woman smacked the, the abuna on the face. Smacked the abuna on the face. And then the abuna turned his cheek and said, Here, you can have the other cheek. And the demon responded to the abuna, said, What violence this is! What violence this is! says the commandment of Jesus drives me out and immediately the woman was cleansed. You see the violence of God? The violence of God was turning the other cheek and allowing, and this is what cast out the, the, the evil spirit. This is the violence of the Lord, His strength manifested through weakness, His power in the cross. Because the kingdom of God came upon us, no longer shall we be slaves of sin, we have become slaves of righteousness. That's the first point, the king on the offensive. The second implication of the kingdom of heaven being upon us is that Christians should continue to be in submission to the new king. There's a new king in town. So we have to submit to the new king. In the Catholic epistle of today, St. James, he writes, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. To submit to God is to recognize... The, the true king in our life, to abide by his commandments, to love his word, to obey God. I learned uh, an important lesson this summer from the annoying stink bugs. You know the stink bugs? Stink bugs at your house? No? And I submit to Peter the beetle. This, and I had a, learned something very interesting when a stink bugs do is I decided these stink bugs are not going to live in my house. Call us. I'm done. So I made a trap, kidda. A trap in a, a little bottle. I'll tell you about it after. Next summer you can try it. And every time I saw a stink bug in my house, and I captured it and put it in the... And soon I had a collection at the kidda of stink bugs in my house. After two weeks of doing this, catching every stink bug in my house, stink bugs sabuni warahul betani, the neighbors. And I went and visited the neighbors, and and I never had any stink bugs in my house anymore. Well, this I think is a very important spiritual lesson to all of us: is that if every time any evil thought comes to our mind, anything comes any evil thought, any lustful thought, anything that comes to our mind, what should you do? Pounce on, catch it. Put it in the bottle. And after time, if you resist the devil, according to St. James, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But stink bugs, hey, hey, see, leave you alone. He will leave you alone. And they might try to come back, but if they come back, guess what's going to happen? I have my trap ready when I'm going to go and jump on them. The problem becomes when we let the thought, the evil thought, come into our hearts. 
And the evil one wants to plant little ideas, little ideas, little ideas, little ideas. And those little ideas, they grow bigger, 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 bigger. Starts always with little ideas. Actually, you know what Belzebub means? Lord of the, the flies. The Lord of the flies. So I was thinking about the flies. The flies, I mean, they swarm like a stink bug. And they, the flies, the flies, they love to swarm. And you know how the fly reproduces? It puts its eggs in something warm, something... It wants to become one with the flesh. Like a piece of meat, if you leave a piece... The flies love to be in... The same, like... You cannot let the fly come and dwell in, in, your, in your heart, in your mind, and lay eggs, and to grow. And then the fly gives birth to many other flies, and swarms of flies and demons. And fash, and fash. It won't work. It's not good for you. Kick the, the Lord of the flies out. Kick the flies out from your life. Do not let them enter. Because later on in this chapter, it says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he goes and says, I will return to the house from which I came. And he will take back, when he finds it, Empty, swept, and put in order, he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. One church father said, once we start to make spiritual progress, and we start to go a little bit, it opens the door, maybe we become prideful, it opens the door for seven other flies and the swarm to come back. So we're not gonna let the other, we're not gonna let them come back. We're gonna stay with our trap and catch every fly that comes into our, we're gonna catch every thought that comes into our heart and say, no, this thought, not from God. And we cast it away. The third implication of living with the kingdom of God near us is the expectation of the second coming. Expectation of the second coming expectation of the second coming there's actually an expression in the in the Pauline epistle today I'm not I'm gonna butcher it maybe Abuna can help me say this Maranatha Maranatha means the Lord is coming Actually, it could mean two things. They said it could mean the Lord has come, like St. John Chrysostom in his commentary says, the Lord has come. And another interpretation, the Lord is coming. And actually this expression, Maranatha, Maranatha, this expression, Maranatha, was like a creedal expression in the early church. Whenever they would meet each other, they would say, the Lord is coming. Actually, the way it was used in the, in the concept of of the the in the Corinthians from the Pauline epistle today, it says there was people who were doing evil to me, and it said, "Maran Atha." If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Maran, O Lord, come, O Lord, come. Meaning like the second coming, the second. The idea that the kingdom is with us and there is a second coming where the kingdom will come like in full revelation. 
So the people, when the, surely the kingdom of God has come upon us, we have a hope, we have an expectation for the second coming. Maranatha is our hope, is our hope. We have a trust that the Lord is coming to save us. That's why we look up, we look up when we pray with anticipation, with joyful anticipation. Those who are discouraged today, they should say, the Lord is coming, Maranatha. Am I saying it right? Maranatha. Maranatha. Those who are worried today, they should say, those who are filled with anxiety or problems or or any discomfort or tribulation, they should say, the, surely the kingdom of God is come near us. Surely the kingdom of God is come near us. I want us to remember these three points. One, that the Lord has had victory over the evil one. He is the strong one. He has bound the strong man. He came violently on the offensive. Number two, is that we will... We will not let any unclean thought come into our mind. We want to live with our, with our true king. That's why there's a, there's a prayer in the fraction that we'll say today. It says, purify, O our master, from our sins, the hidden and manifest in every thought. Every thought not pleasing to your goodness, let it be far from us. That means we, any thought that comes into our minds and catch it like the stink bugs or Narmiha. Yeah? And third, the Lord is coming again. There will be second judgment. It's time for counsel. And glory be to God forever. Amen.